My dad always used to say it, and that is, don't ever get old. And I think <laughs> it was more or less, you know, the older you get, the more aches and pains you have. But part of me thinks as well is, don't ever get old is, you know, just try to try to live your life as young as possible and enjoy every day because you don't know if tomorrow's going to happen. My name's Johnny Reinhardt, and I've lived in Southwest Michigan most of my life. It's such a wonderful community full of so many great things, but the best part is the people, families, history, and especially the stories that make it great. And with every story, you have to start somewhere. This is Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Well, hello there, and welcome to part two of my conversation with Phil McDonald. If you have uh, been listening to this just now and realizing you haven't listened to part one yet, we'll stop and go back and listen to part one, because then you can listen to part two. That's kind of how these part things work. But I've had a wonderful time uh, not only talking with Phil McDonald, but also being his friend and colleague for many years, and he has had just a great career and continues to do great things here in Southwest Michigan. And he's got another task ahead of him with a new job, but we've been talking about a lot of different things in life, his career, and so much more. So let's get to the second part of my conversation with Phil McDonald. What's the best advice that your parents gave you when you were growing up? Um, and I don't know if it was so much advice, but just <clears throat> learning from them. Yeah. Uh, they would, my mom, I think maybe said it a few times, but my dad always used to say it. And that is don't ever get old. And I <laughs> think it was more or less, you know, the older you get, the more aches and pains you have. Yeah. But uh, part of me thinks as well is, you know, don't ever get old is, you know, just try to try to live your life as young okay, as possible uh, kind of thing. And, you know, enjoy every single day. But I, I think what I learned from them is uh, the harder you work, the richer the rewards are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, and I think I got that from my dad, my mom, and then my grandfather on my mom's side, because my grandfather on my dad's side passed away when I was a little, little kid. My mm -hmm. grandmother on my dad's side passed away, I think, before I was born. So I really never got to know them. But I grew up with my grandparents on my mom's side. They lived in Coloma. So my dad, my mom, and my grandfather on that side of the family um, is just hard work. He owned a farm in Coloma. and I mean, he wouldn't get up at the crack of the dawn, uh, crack of dawn. Mm -hmm. And he, he was in the field already sure. at the crack of dawn wow. and worked all day long. And so learn from him. My mom, my dad is work hard. Uh, there could be a lot of hours, could be a lot of frustrations and all that, but it's going to pay off. And so that's really, I, I think because of them, I just never complained about the hours that you mm -hmm. put in to the product here. And you know, my dad and occasionally my mom don't ever get old. Uh, I take that as, you know, just enjoy every day mm -hmm. because I mean, and that's kind of the way I live is enjoy every day because you don't know if tomorrow's going to happen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's something to, and, and, but also on the other side of it, they 
also could have meant it literally and were just wishing that you never get old and it's working yeah because you're barely <laughs> aging so maybe that's also what they were hoping is you know they're maybe like it's all the pasta i eat i don't know you know i was gonna ask you about that because i've never i don't think in this many years ever had are you a good cook or is it your family that is that are great cooks because my did, family okay. great cooks i mean i like to cook when i have time yeah um which isn't that often, sure. but when I do have time to cook either, you know, something standard or you go, Hmm, I wonder how this would be. So yeah. you kind of test something out. But, um, my, uh, my mom was an amazing cook. My grandma on my mom's side of the family was an amazing cook. My aunt, uh, who married my mom's brother, Auntie mm-hmm. Roe, uh, married uncle Vito. Auntie Roe is an amazing cook. My sister's a great cook. Uh, and again, she's kind of in the same boat. She'll cook when she has time. Yeah. Um, so the, I, the only problem is recipes. Mm. Hardly anything's written down. Well, yeah, because if you come from a, a traditional Italian family like you do, is that the, yeah, those recipes, you, the only way you, I would think is that in my family too, the Germans, uh, they, uh, the only way you learn that recipe is if you hang out in yeah. that kitchen. And that's how I learned certain recipes that my grandma used to cook. Uh, my brothers and my mom will say like, oh, you got to make this that your grandma used to make because you're the only one that paid attention when she was in the kitchen. And that's mm-hmm. really, I think that that's how your family probably did was like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you know how to, to make that eventually. Right. Or, you know, there's some family members that, Literally take that recipe to the grave. Oh, yeah, they do. And, and if I make something know. and they go, hey, can I have your recipe? It's like, well, you just, you know, this, 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 and this. Well, how much of this? It's like, uh, you just do it by, yeah. you just, you know how much to put in. Well, no, I don't because I've never made it before. How yeah. much do you put in? It's like, well, it's just, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Yeah. It's like, I, I just do it. That looks right. Yeah. There's so many recipes and Jocelyn's asks me all the time when I'm making something, even something as simple as pasta. Yeah. Like when I'm making the pasta out of the box, she's like, well, did you set a timer? And I was like, I don't need a timer. I know either by the, by the feel when mm-hmm. I, when I bite into it or I just, I just know. Yeah. Yep. That looks done. Uh-huh. That's done. That's not overcooked. Right. Cause you never want to overcook the pasta. No. That's the one thing. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure. I'd never be able to invite you over. If I overcook <laughs> the pasta, Phil's leaving. <laughs> the one time I get Phil to come hang out at our house, <laughs> I can't mess that up. Because like in the holidays, I've always heard, and is this true, like holidays, you guys don't do like the turkey dinner. You do like a big, big pasta dinner, right? Well, we do the turkey. The turkey's so, there. I mean, we, oh my gosh, it's just, we have, and this was growing up, we have turkey, we have ham, we okay. have the stuffing, we have the mashed potatoes, we have the green beans, we other have the other vegetables, but we have lasagna. And uh, yeah, I bet that's good. It, and my mom was making it uh, until she passed, and then mm-hmm. I started making it. So now, you know, everyone, my brother does the turkey, and uh, one of my cousins does the ham, and my sister does desserts, and somebody else does the salad, and I do the lasagna. It's, a, it's fun, like the day before Thanksgiving, have you started the sugu for the lasagna yet? Wow. And, um, uh, or, you know, in the morning, how's the lasagna coming? <laughs> well, cause that's the thing too, is, and like you said about having time to cook. And that's another thing is that when you're making something po- like pasta, 
is that, yeah, the assembly may happen at a certain time, but yeah, that sauce and all the other stuff, Mm -hmm. that stuff takes like, you know, the best ones are the ones that like you start two days ago. Exactly. And then you prepare all that stuff. So yeah, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And you know, you watch all the movies and things like that when they're like, yeah, we're cooking the pasta. It's like, yeah, it started at like 5 a.m. And they've been cooking all day and then hopefully it's done in time for dinner. Yeah. Which is, that's the labor of love of of cooking. And then like you said, you kind of put that into uh, your career of, you know, don't worry about the hours. It's the end result that matters. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I've been, I was scrolling through my phone earlier because I know and I wanted, I think I've told you this before, but uh, my very first Instagram post was September 30th of 2012. And that was because I was walking through the Orchards Mall and stumbled upon a photograph. <laughs> and you mentioned the spirit of Southwest Michigan. Yeah. I'm going to show this to you. I wish I had this oh, on video, man. but that is you. I don't What year is that? Do I, you know? Wow, that's got to be, that was before the mall was remodeled. Yeah. So that was the the original inside of the mall. So it was probably your first couple of years on the radio then, huh? So maybe, maybe early 90s? And uh, I will say, uh, you haven't let your hair grow out, but I'm sure you probably still have a pretty good head of hair like you did in this picture, oh, it, I don't have as much. Yeah, I can yeah. see it's a little, it, a little it, bit it's, going, it's but it's receded back a little bit. That's yeah. So I wanted to show you yeah, that. Wow. I, I, like, yeah, I remember, and I, I've said it before. Like, I don't know why, because I think that 2012 was right around the early start of Instagram, and I had not okay. posted, and I was walking around the Orchards Mall, and they've got a lot of old photos, and a lot mm-hmm. of them because the radio station, you guys were always at the Orchards oh, we Mall were. for stuff. Uh, broadcasting and doing things for holidays and, and wedding worlds and things like that. Um, and so I was like, well, I got to snap this picture. Yeah. I got to have it. Oh, might as well post it on Instagram. Yeah. Cause that's what you're supposed so that to was do. Your first one. That was my very first Instagram <laughs> post. Uh, what? Nine years ago. Wow. Uh, when it was Phil McDonald. So huh. you fo- will forever be my very your first very Instagram first. post. And actually somehow because I was so bad at learning how to post on Instagram, you're not only my first one, you're also my second post. <laughs> so it's just two of the exact same photo, the exact same, just Phil. Uh-huh. That's all it is. That's the post, is Phil. And one comment uh, from somebody that said, I didn't even realize that's Phil McDonald. Wow. So there you go. Huh. I'd like to, I thought I'd show you that. Um, and so you've done a ton of stuff here. Mm-hmm. And you've also been on the coast for many years doing playing music and doing all that stuff. What would you say is your favorite moment working here in the past 36 years? Anything to do with the high school student athletes. Yeah. Whether it be the games or the student athlete of the week mm-hmm. or when I was doing the road trip broadcasts when you're getting them on the air because um, they just – you could tell they're kind of uneasy, you're not a nervous. Sure. And I don't blame them. I mean, when I was in high school, if somebody stuck a microphone in front of my face, right. I'd freeze. Yeah. It'd be like what uh, Cindy Brady in that episode of the Brady Bunch. She <laughs> just, she just freezes. And so I would have done the same thing. But then as the conversation goes, they relax yep. and they really start to enjoy it and have fun uh, and think this is pretty cool. Yeah. 
that so that is the coolest thing to me. I mean, bringing games on the air to people that can't make it there. And when people would say they would, you know, see me a couple of weeks after a certain game couldn't make it, but I listened to it, whether it be on the radio or uh, online. And they said, man, it, when I closed my eyes, I, I thought I was there. Mm -hmm. And it's that, that's what I want it to be. People yeah. just, or when I was growing up listening to games, if they made it exciting enough and you could hear all the background, you're thinking, God, I wish I was there. Yeah. But at least I'm there through the radio. How did you learn that? I mean, did you emulate somebody that you listened to on the radio for like a baseball game or a football game? Did you have like a, uh, a person that you said, that's who I want to sound like? There were two. I mean, growing up, um, you know, Cubs fan, Notre Dame fan, Bears fan, mm -hmm. and that. When I, I mean, listening to the radio, Vince Lloyd is the first play-by-play -play guy from the Cubs radio-wise that I remember. Yeah. And I love lis listening to his games. I was a paperboy uh, delivering the Herald Palladium after school, and I've got my transistor radio listening to Vince Lloyd and Lou Boudreau doing the, uh, the Cubs games. That's and awesome. I love doing that. But- Two, b believe it or not, the two play-by-play -play broadcasters that I kind of tried to pattern myself at didn't do Cub games, didn't do Notre Dame games. It's Dick Enberg and Keith Jackson. Oh, yeah. Dick Enberg, when he would do the NFL games with Merlin Olsen on NBC, he would do when NBC had the NCAA tournament package, uh -huh. him, Al McGuire, and Billy Packer. I there was one time my dad and I went to a Notre Dame. I think they played U UCLA in basketball and NBC did the game. And, you know, I kept telling my dad, that's um, uh, Dick Enberg and Al McGuire. He goes, well, after the game, do you want to go down and see if you can get an autograph? Yeah. No, 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 I can't. Well, let's just see. And so yeah. we went down there and just a, a brief, I didn't get an autograph, but just hello. Hi, I love your work. And it's just like, I was starstruck. And so the work that Dick Enberg did and then uh, Keith Jackson, mm -hmm. just the way you could tell he's, he did other uh, assignments in sports. Sure. But to me, uh, to this day, the voice of college football oh, yeah. is Keith Jackson. And then in baseball, Vin Scully. Mm -hmm. when, I mean, he would do Dodger games, but when he did the NBC game of the week, it those are the people that, because they made the game, it, it was not. It wasn't about them. Those three guys: Dick Enberg, Heath Jackson, Vince Scully. It wasn't about them. It was about the game. Yeah, and like you said, is that you're you're describing and telling that story for somebody that can't be there, mm -hmm. and that's why they're listening on the radio most of the time. Is is they can't be there. Some people will listen in the stands because they just want to hear. Yeah, you know some more description and maybe something they don't know about. So, you know, they can't see the a name on a Jersey. So it's nice to hear, Oh, well that's blah, 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 blah. And, mm -hmm. uh, they just scored. And then, you know, to get the color commentary from, uh, and Brett has, was your color has been for your yeah. many, many years and being somebody that knows so much about the players and their parents and their family members and, he, you know, knows what they had for dinner the other night somehow. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff is that that great information that you wouldn't get even being at the game. Mm -hmm. But it's even better when you're not at the game 
to hear that description and still know what's going on in the game. And, um, and like you said, you're telling that story for somebody else. Yeah. And I will say that you are great at that description of what's going on. Cool. And that I, I, and so that's something I've always said, there's no way I could do that because I know from other people I've listened to, but you specifically, it's like that I don't even know how your brain processes the what's going on. I feel like I would just say, well, this is going on and this is going on and they scored, but I haven't even got to the point of who was running the ball. Yeah. Like that's the, the mm-hmm. stuff to think about. When you so. hear people talk about listening to other broadcasts, you know, I was listening to this, but I was getting so frustrated because I didn't know what the score was or yep. I didn't know how this happened. When I hear that, I go, that's good to know. And, you know, I pick up on that. And so I don't want people to be frustrated listening to a game. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm probably guilty of it too, not giving the score enough, mm-hmm. but try to as much as possible and just, you know, it, it's an overused phrase, but set the stage. Sure. Uh, and let, you know, people, I always, I always think of the people listening to the game as being blind because they can't see what's going, unless they're at the game with headsets on, they can't see what's going on. Yeah. And that's why it's so good that, and, and so when you would practice that stuff and would you kind of listen back to yourself Mm -hmm. and say, okay, if I close my eyes, I still know what's going on in the game. Sort of like if I, uh, if I told you to draw something from memory, I would be able to tell you, well, you need to do this and this and this, and you got to describe that or the directions on how to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to tell somebody like they've never been there before yeah. because they've, they haven't. If, like you said, if they're not at the game, they don't know what's going on. So did you ever practice watching TV and then like turning off the, the, I did a little bit people, and, not as much as you would think, but I yeah. did a little bit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say I've enjoyed that. And now you're, this is like that full circle moment we were talking about. You're now going to be the athletic director for where you went to high school. Yes. In the same exact building yeah. that you went to school too, mm-hmm. which what's that moment? I mean, you've been to the building and, and kind of scope things out because you start next week. Mm-hmm. Um, What's it been like? I mean, you've been to the school many, many times covering games, but now what's it feel like walking into that building now having this new job? It, it, it Up until this point, I had no problem walking into the building. Hey, this is, you know, back sure. home and all that. But now when I'm going to be walking into the building as the athletic director, you asking you right now, I'm starting to think I'm not walking into that school now as a full-time kid. I'm walking in as a full-time employee. Yeah. Weird, right? It's it, it, it's gonna be weird. So that's gonna be weird. Um, you know, I I'd walk the halls and say, Oh, this is where Mr. McCray mm-hmm. uh taught, this is where Mrs. Cook taught, this is where Mr. Stefanich taught, this is where Mrs. Dan's room was, this is where Sister Mary Ann's room. None of yeah. them are there anymore. Um, so getting to know the whole staff. And yeah. then getting used to, because up until now, whenever I've done anything with um, the high school student athletes, and if, you know, they refer to me as Mr. McDonald, I go, that's always been my dad's name. Right. Call me Phil. And I don't know if that's going to go over real well. You know, in the school. If to me, if you set the precedence in the beginning, like maybe you talk, I don't know if you talk to the superintendent about this yet, but maybe you ask him, can I have them call me Phil? Because I feel more comfortable 
mm-hmm. having them call me Phil. And I'm sure because you're who you are, you're <laughs> Phil McDonald. Um, I think that would work. I mean, I've never, I've, I guess I've never, I, anytime I've ever gone to a high school after being in school, they, they would just call me Johnny because mm-hmm. they know me Johnny from right. the radio. Um, but I don't know. I don't have many people call me. I have had people call me Mr. Reinhardt a few times. Okay, right. But I think you could do it. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, you know, I've got my first meeting with uh, Jim White, the uh, the principal. I'll yeah. ask him. And, you know, and then I, I got uh, an email from Father John at the St. Joe Catholic Church mm-hmm. just yesterday. Uh, when you get settled in, can we meet just to touch base? Sure. And brainstorm a few things like, you know, absolutely. So it's going to be, we're going to meet. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, huh, really the only other time I've had in a quote unquote official meeting with a priest is confession. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to have a screen in between us when we're having a meeting or what. <laughs> I would see if it were me, I would say, can we just do this over here? Right. It's like this, I feel more comfortable. Yeah. Or you, you know, you get down there and you just you do everything you need to do to like. And, <laughs> yeah, forgive me, Father. I have sinned. Yeah, it, it'll go, what, Phil. Why not, are you? That's not why. Why we're are here. you kneeling? This is not. <laughs> oh, you think this is confession? Oh yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> if you want to, go ahead. But it'd be a, it'd be a fun time, I'm sure. Yeah. But that that's gonna be. Uh, I'm happy for you for that sense of of the fact that you have had such a, a great career, and you and I we've talked about this many times. Is that you really hope that these students focus on the student part yes. before the athletic part. And now you actually get to really help kids focus on that stuff and, and put schoolwork first, but also like that experience of, of school as well as the foundations then that take you on into the rest of your life. Right. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to, to, to see all that stuff. I'm sure it will be weird for a lot of the kids, uh, at first, since even some of the coaches, uh, that you have. And when you go to other games, when you Mm -hmm. go to, you know, people are going to think, wait, you're, what are you doing here? You're you're covering this for the radio. Oh, wait, you're the athletic director. So Mm -hmm. I think it's going to take some getting used to for a lot of people. Uh, myself included, going to a game, I'll be like, wait a minute, Phil, you're not covering this game. What do you, oh, wait, you're the athletic director mm-hmm. for this school. Yeah. So this is weird. Um, one thing I got to ask you that I'd like to ask everybody is what is something that somebody may not know about you or should know about you, the Phil McDonald? Mm. I guess, you know, <clears throat> one thing is, um, I'm a really emotional person, not really? in a bad way, but you know, it's, you know, when you reminisce mm-hmm. about things in the past, start to tear up, Yeah, watch something on TV. And I got this from my mom. Yeah. Do you remember the original Willy Wonka, uh-huh. in the chocolate factory, yep. when they were going up in that elevator at the very end and they Balled crashed my through, out. my mom started crying. It's like. Balled my you, eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got it from her. So yep. anytime there's a happy ending to anything, I start to cry. Uh, I reminisce about stuff. Yeah. Start to cry. Um, so yeah, I, I'm in a, my entire family's like, that. yeah. Um, but it's a good thing. It is. Cause it, it shows that you're human and it, that you gave it your all. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always think is that I put, 
everything. Now I'm going to cry, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Well, and, and I've, I've done it here. I remember a conversation I had with um, Paul, our mm-hmm. um, you know operations manager, just a few years ago. There's a, a guy I knew, and actually he worked here for a little bit part-time, Nathan Seawood. He went to uh, Lakeshore, ran track, played football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he wrestled a little bit, went on to, uh, to Grand Valley. Um, he was in a boating accident yeah. and eventually lost his leg. And, um, he's a big Notre Dame fan. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Paul, I said, you know, we've got the connections down in South Bend with the WSBT stations. Do you think maybe we can have one of the coaches just real quick, you know, Hey, Nathan, Nathan, uh, we're pulling for you. And and Mm -hmm. as I was telling Paul the story, I started tearing up. Yeah. Um, and then when I was talking to Paul and Dave Deutsch here about the news about me getting the Mm -hmm. athletic director's job and then, you know, thanking them for it, I started tearing up. Yeah. It's, that's just me. That's, but that's what I like about you is that you, you, like you said, you get emotional on stuff and you, you give it your all. Um, and that's what I've always admired. And I know you're not, this is not, the good thing is this is not the end. Right. You're still going to be around doing a lot of stuff. And I'm sure any downtime you have, you're going to find us wherever we are. You're going to pop into the radio station and you're always, obviously always welcome to just sabotage everything if you want to. (laughs) Uh, I'm okay with that yeah. uh, because it helps other people learn. And and what would you, because we've talked for many years, but what I want is I want your best sage advice for, for me, for if, that you could give, what would you, what would you tell me so that I can be like you and, and do that long 36 or, or more on uh, more on mm-hmm. more on I'm <laughs> uh, or more uh, career. Um, I, I think the first thing, kind of thing that comes to mind is don't make it about you. Yeah. Make it about the people that you're serving. Make it about your, you know, your listeners mm-hmm. to this, to the morning show on WSJM, whatever you do, make it about them. Um, with me all along, it's been about the, uh, the student athletes and their families, the coaches, the athletic directors, the schools. It's been about them. Yeah. It's never, it's never been about me. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That's great advice. And that's that, that <clears throat> that's what I do. I mean, I try to do and and that's because I've seen from great examples from people like you and Pat and and many other people that have that work here and I will help to uh you know not only uh the advice and great things that you've taught me is then now pass that on to more people that come in mm-hmm. to here or within our community and and do that stuff and support them. Uh what about if you could title an autobiography uh, for yourself right now, what would you title it? Um, I guess I would say I did it for the right reason. Mm. And again, that reason would be to make life better for other people. Yeah. You know, um, for the high school student athletes, they're enjoying what they're doing. But if there's anything that I do, that maybe makes it a little more special. That's what I've wanted to do. Um, so anything I do, uh, whether it be re- work wise or just, mm-hmm. um, you know, my personal life is, um, what can I do to make something better for somebody else? And I always, uh, when I, when I talk to coaches and athletic directors I, and seeing them, in their job, you can tell those 
who are doing it for, and I say, I can tell you're doing it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it become rich because they're not. Uh, you're not gonna. You, you're not looking to be here for two years and then go to a bigger high school and then go to a small college. Yeah. And, and you're doing it because you want to better the student athletes or just just the students in general mm -hmm. at the school you're at. And so there are some coaches I can tell, and I'm not going to name any names because there are so many of them that are doing it for the right reason. Yeah. They're not in it again for the fame. They're not in it for the money. They're in it for the, the kids. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I want to, I want to do whatever I do for the right reason. Well, you've always been a consummate professional, uh, a great friend that I look forward to many, uh, hangouts and lunches. Maybe we'll do a lasagna party. Okay. I think that that's something that needs to be on there, but, uh, yeah. I'm excited that now Lake Michigan Catholic going to get, uh, now the, I, one of the best people. So I think now one of the best athletic directors, I think you're going to do a fantastic job. I hope so. Uh, and I've had a lot of athletic directors reach out to me and say, you know, congratulations if there's anything I can do. Yeah. And there are some great, I mean, just amazing athletic directors mm -hmm. here in the area that I know I can reach out to and say, can you give me advice? What do you do in this situation? Or uh, the next couple of weeks, yeah. meet with some of them. What can I expect? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you think I don't, I'm not anticipating or don't expect yep. I have to do? Yep. And that's the great part is that you've built those relationships over this time. So you're going to be fine. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I, I, I am too. And I have, I don't know if I've said this before. I love you, man. I love you too. You're, you are uh, a great friend and I'm super excited for you. I'm just going to miss bothering you every time you're working and, <laughs> and talking to you about games and things like that. So I may just, you may just end up getting random phone calls Please in the do. middle of the day just to talk about yeah. Cubs or, or the Fighting Irish or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But thank you for sitting down and, and telling me uh, more of your story. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Special thanks to our guests for telling their stories. And if you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear more. Please reach out to me by emailing letstalk at wsjm.com. That's letstalk at wsjm.com. You can listen to this podcast and all the episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is a Midwest Family Production. I'm Johnny Reinhardt. Join me next time for another great story on Start From the Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan.